is up, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. Uh, we've had a two-week hiatus, but we are back. We are better than ever and ready to get rolling here. Uh, on tonight's show, we are going to discuss some news and notes we have some listener questions, and we are going to get into the Sirius XM host Dynasty League, um, complete with IDP players that I am a part of. We'll break that down and get into that. The draft is happening right now. Uh, but first, Kevin Reynolds, how are you? Hanging in there, brother. Been a busy few weeks. It's uh, been counties, regionals, and now states, so I have been home to basically sleep. Um, excellent. While you were doing that, I was busy. Those of us who are uh, not seeing the video, I am holding my championship belt that I won. Uh, maybe what was it two Saturdays ago? I hosted the first ever ever dad games, where five like-minded fathers got together in my backyard. We played a five-man tournament of cornhole, putt putt pong. Um, can jam a game I had never played called uh, beer ball and of course beer pong and I um, surprising to no one walked away as the grand champion so I have a belt that I will be have that I will have for the next year until we do it again next uh, summer and I think you should join us next summer Kev uh perhaps it sounds a little uh Bud Light to me, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to partake in that. Uh, well, I tell you what, buddy. One thing that was nice is this past weekend I drove up to Maryland and got to see you face-to-face. -face. I'm a I handsome always... devil. Well, that's up for debate, but I do enjoy our time spent together, so that was nice. Yeah, we had a little Frisbee with the boy. It's on the back deck. Did it, did it eventually rain at your dad's house? Because it poured on me on the way home. It did. Yep, on the way okay. to dinner. I, I was so close to betting your dad 10 bucks that it was going to rain, and I decided not to. <laughs> I figured he knows better than me what's going to happen at his own house. Ugh, all good, actually, though. it didn't – I don't know, because we were gone when it rained. So I'm not sure right. if it actually rained there or not. My dad claims that it never rains at his house. Right. The, the clouds <laughs> north, split Mark, go south. <laughs> over top of his, of his roof, and it never rains on his lawn. That's a, well, you could, we knew it was going to because we saw the radar and we could see it coming from the mountain. We could see the rain coming, but don't, <laughs> it don't was tell that to Bob Senior. Yeah, it was a good time getting to uh, see. I haven't actually seen you in person for some time. It's been so, a while. Uh, I know. Good times. Good times. All right, sir. I got a question for you. Yeah. What do Geno Smith, Drew Brees, Rich Gannon, Trent Green, Doug Flutie, Elvis Gerback, Steve Berline, just to name a few, have in common? I don't have a clue. They're all quarterbacks. Well, that's true. Uh, and they all needed a few years and a new team to break out. So, Stevie yeah. B with the Panthers. Yeah. yeah he I was know. my quarterback back in the mid 90s, late 90s at one point in a league that I was in. It was one point per completion. He was throwing about 55 times a game. I was just racking up points with Stevie B of all people. Because it was just throw, 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 run. Throw, 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 run. It was great. Um, well, sir, 
Is there any chance that Baker Mayfield is the next quarterback to make that jump? No. None at all? Zero. Wow. So, now, keep in mind, it took Rich Gannon 11 years to make a Pro Bowl. The fact that he stuck around that long and became that good. Yeah. I mean, he was the MVP, wasn't he? Yes, he was the year they That's impressive. What lost in the Super Bowl to the Bucks? Um, yes, yes. But they and they had a chance to go back again. Was it the next year with a Brady fumble, the tuck roll? I don't know if that was before that or after that. Now I think I thought that was the AFC Championship was, game, right? I thought the tuck roll was the year before Oakland made it. Maybe not. I don't know. I can't keep all straight. Maybe. It was somewhere. The Ravens won a Super Bowl. Then, then didn't. Then it was the Patriots. Then the Bucks, and then the Patriots twice in a row, wasn't it? Dude, how do I know? We'll look it up. Um, but let me give you some stats on Baker Mayfield. Here, <clears throat> here's my issue, though. Before you start your stats, yeah, go ahead. Is Tom Brady himself wasn't a bad year last year, but it wasn't really stellar numbers himself. How can I expect Baker Mayfield to come in and put up anything close to Tom Brady numbers with the same essential lineup, but now with a team that's expected to likely be in the bottom five or six teams in the league? So I don't know what Brady's numbers were last year, but they could possibly be close to Baker's career year. You know what I mean? So I don't think he's going to be revived. I mean, if anything, the Bucs are going to be even worse than they were last year. Maybe. Baker's got no Pro Bowls, but in 2020, he led the Browns to an 11-5 and record. He had 3,500 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, only eight picks. Yeah. His but top yeah. five receivers that year, Jarvis Landry was 72 for 840 and three. Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Higgins, and Harrison Bryant. No one had more than five touchdown catches. And the guy who had five was a running back, Kareem Hunt. His weapons right now are far better than than those guys. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Russell Gage. Kate Otten, the tight end. I would take Kate Otten right now over Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant. Um, he's got his best weapons. He's done decent. Again, no Pro Bowl, but that's kind of a popularity contest mm. anyway. I don't know, man. I'm not putting it – I'm not going to say no. I'm uh, – I'm less than 50%, but I'm closer to 50 than I'm zero. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm saying no. <laughs> All right, then. I mean, what, what are you talking about here? You're you're thinking like he's going to be in the Pro Bowl. He's going to be all pro. He's going to be the league MVP. What, what level of improvement are you talking here? Um, well, I mean, what if he puts up, let's call it, 4,000, 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 picks. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay. I mean, I think it, it, I don't know. Between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin alone could push for 20 touchdowns total right there. You're hitting a bourbon pretty hard tonight, huh? I'm hitting straight water. Straight water. <laughs> it's a good stuff. Fair enough. I don't, I, mean, I don't I, know what to tell you. This is but, a but, hard sell to me. I actually how many... like Baker Mayfield. I was a big fan of his coming out of college, but I just, I just how don't many know. people so looked I at think Rich Gannon? Great at hyping himself up, and he seems like a cool dude to have a beer with. 
I just can't see him going down to Tampa Bay and all of a sudden his career is revived. And I mean, this is what his fourth team now. Uh, third. Well, do you go? Browns. Rams. Uh, Wait, did he who Panthers? Was well, he the Panthers? Panthers, then the Rams, and now Bucks. Okay. This is fourth team. Yeah, Maybe, I, you know, I, I I'll, I'll root for the guy. Don't get me wrong, but he, he's not going to be on any of my teams. I, I'm not. I'm not wasting money on, on on him. No, no, no. I'm not saying draft him, but he could Why, be a, someone you want to. You just told me forty two hundred thirty and ten. Why would you not want him on your fantasy team? That's a pretty good well, number. Well, now not. That's not a prediction of what he's going to do. That's a, hey, what if things go right? Could this be an outcome? And if it is, he's the guy you're going to pick up off the waiver wire. What if picks start flying? And what if I win the Powerball tomorrow? I mean, come on, buddy. It's all projections, Kevin. That's what this is. That's what we do. Have you ever heard the phrase, don't bullshit a bullshitter? Come on. All right. Ready for this, Kevin? Oh, I'm ready, baby. Your boy, Elvis Gerback. Oh, I, I love Elvis. I know. He played for your Ravens, right? He did. he did. He was in the league one, two, three, four, five years. Right. Okay. The most passing yards he had in a, in a season was 1,900. He had 11 touchdowns. Okay? okay. Then all of a sudden, he jumps up to 3,400 yards passing and 22 touchdowns. And the next year, had 4,100 yards and 28 scores. Okay. I'm telling you right now, in 1998, no one said, Oh, Elvis Gerback's going to be the guy. And then all of a sudden, Elvis Gerback was kind of a guy. So you're doing a classic debate here. You only list the quarterbacks, the 10% of all these quarterbacks that actually did improve. You pretend as though the other 90% don't exist who never turn things around. Uh, so not, not you asked me the question. I just, I'm, you're not going to convince me that he's going to turn because I just don't see it happening. I will root for him. Don't get me wrong. I like the guy. I just, I just don't see it. I don't think there's going to be this radical Jim Plunkett thing where all of a sudden he's going to Super Bowls and winning MVPs. Don't Thank see you it. For adding another guy to my list. Yeah, I'm asking. I'm not asking. I'm not forgetting the ninety percent. I'm asking if you think Baker could be one of the ten percent. I don't think and you he said will, no, but you seem sure. to not be buying what I'm selling and just keep going on stat after stat, person after person about why I'm wrong. I, like I said, I'll root for it because I like Baker Mayfield. I just don't think it's going to happen. It would be boring if we just agreed with each other all the time. True. I'm not even certain they really want him there. I think he's just there as a stopgap guy. They know they're going to win about four games this year, and they've had to bring in somebody. I'm not even certain he's going to be the starter. Kyle Trask could beat him out. He could. But for this exercise, I'm going to go pro Baker. Again, I, I think there's a closer to 50% chance that he would than zero, but – I definitely don't think it's anywhere near 100. Well, I can't put zero because zero is stupid because obviously that could happen. Right. But I'm going much closer to zero than 50. You're going closer to 50 than zero. So I'm probably at like 20%. You're probably at like 40%. Either way, again, I'll root for the guy. I like his funny commercials. Let's get some new some some new commercial about how he lives at Raymond James Stadium. That'd be cool with me. I love I love Goblin and um, what's his face Mike Evans your boy, so why not go for it? I just I just be really surprised if it happens and they're going to be awful, they're really not going to be good. They have a legitimate shot of coming in last place in that division. So they I think also all the other three le- teams have improved and they all well, suck, but the other three have actually yeah, improved. It. Tampa's done pretty much nothing to improve. 
they at least have an opportunity to win their division, though. Like, that's the only thing they have going for them is that they they have Brady last year. They didn't won like two games. He willed them to somehow win, what, eight? He still wasn't good, though. He wasn't great, but dude, they got the serious dropsies. Nobody's running the correct routes. He what did he wasn't terrible. They just it just wasn't good. It's like everybody's on a different page. And and and, and what have they done? They got the same coaching staff. So what have they done to change that? Nothing. Yeah, he had good grief. Brady threw the ball seven hundred and thirty-three times last year. Four hundred and ninety all the time. They had no running game. The most attempts and completions of his career. The dude's what was he forty four? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I actually think it was forty five last year, wasn't he? I mean, either way, um, he was very old for a football yeah. player. But I don't um, think he played. When you see like his PFF grades, he was still great. So everything around 40, him just fell to pieces. Forty five is right. He'll be forty six in August. Yeah. What a man! What a stud! He willed them to that division what? title. They sucked. They were awful. And he found a way to at least get them there. That is so impressive. 46 yeah. years old. Mm. All right. So we have some listener questions. Are you ready for these? I am. Throw them at me, homeboy. Question number one. What do I do with Kenneth Walker? Think for a minute. Walker hit 1,000 yards last year, nine touchdowns in 15 games. He only started 11 because when the season began, Rashad Penny was the guy. But Pete Carroll and the Seahawks drafted my guy, Zach Charbonnet, in the second round at some serious draft capital. Personally, I like both of them. Walker is going as RB14 and pick number 34, so just at the end of the third round on Fantasy Pro's half-point PPR um, ADP. Charbonnet is is running back 34 and pick 101. But let's say it's a keeper league, something like that. What do we do with Kenneth Walker? Or where do we draft him if it's just a redraft? That's the thing. We need a lot more prayers. Like, what do I do with him? I don't know what that means. Like, um, because we don't have more more info, but he's still going to have a huge year. Pete Carroll loves Bell Cow back, so they just always get hurt. Ken Walker's going to be fine. Game one, he's going to go out, probably have 130 yards, two touchdowns, and then we're going to forget Charbonnet even exists until Walker gets hurt again. Well, don't he's say a rookie. It. It my heart. Most rookies don't go out there and dominate, especially when there's a guy there already who was projected to be probably one of the top three to five backs in the league until they went and pulled that. I think he's more of an, an amazing backup plan in case something goes wrong. But, dude, I'd love to still have Ken Walker on my team. I'd have zero reservations about it. But, no, I don't necessarily think he's a top three pick anymore. Right. I, I, remember, I definitely I, he, don't think that. He, I thought um, before the draft that he was a first-round pick. Right. I mean, you're picking eighth, ninth, tenth, something like that in your in the first round, then we can start talking Kenneth Walker. But now he's going at the end of the third. And I don't mind him there. And if I'm if it's, you know, redraft – End of the third, I'm cool with that, especially if I if I skip on RB early, if I, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, something like that, or I grab Kelsey in the first. I don't I don't mind taking Walker there at the end of the third. If it's a keeper league, I mean, I, I guess anything after that then. I'm certainly not keeping him for anything more than that. Uh, and it's just, you know, if there's no round penalty, it would depend on who my other options are. Who anti-Kenneth Walker is he's never been much of a pass catcher. 
not in college, not last year. And Charbonnet was arguably the best pass catching back yeah, in this draft. Neither was Marshawn Lynch, but look what right. the numbers he put yes. up. Yes, they're not a big yeah, back correct. catching, you know, pass catching team anyway, are they? Uh, no, not historically. But that's I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe Charbonnet plays more third downs than we anticipate, and all of a sudden Kenneth Walker's the the baby back. Charbonnet's bigger than he is, so maybe. He, Walker loses some goal line carries, which I think is wild and silly because Walker's great. Um, but pro Walker, he's phenomenal and was one of the best looking running backs in the game last year. He can hit a home run on any play. And um, the Seahawks normally stick with their guy. And then you had just, I mean, you, you brought that up last year. They draft Kenneth Walker, but who's the starter? Rashad Penny. When they drafted Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny was a first-round pick, and he rode the bench behind Chris Carson, who's a seventh-round pick. Yeah, but partially so, because Penny was hurt, 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 hurt sure. all the time. He's In his career, he's played less games than he's missed. But Carson, correct. But Carson also was a Seattle guy. He knew the system. He was trusted. And, and he if played you trust, well. Right, and you as try, much as you a weirdo hippie good. Pete Carroll is, he likes to win. He likes to <laughs> run, and it's hard. He's not stupid. It's hard to to just pretend that Kenneth Walker is not the best back on your team, and and pretend that he didn't put up the year he did last year. I mean, I, I just again, yeah, okay, maybe this knocks him around, but in a dynasty league, even say he doesn't play as much. Say what's his name, Charbonnet starts kicking butt, plays more. Well, in, in a dynasty league, in two years, then Walker's going to be out of Seattle anyway. Let him start for some other team. So, sitting here right now, May 24th, what's the highest you take, Walker? Well, it depends on how big of a league we're talking. We're talking just a standard, like, twelve half-point PPR, 12-team Half-point PPR, yep. yep. I, the earliest I'd probably take him, if it's a complete redraft, probably – Early to mid second round. Wow. I think okay. He's still going to have a big year. I don't care about Shardy. You, you, I know you're I like in it. love with the dude, and so a few other people are, but I really don't think he's going to have a huge impact on his usage, especially on first and second down. I'm, I'm probably mid third. It's probably as early as I'm going to go on Walker sitting here right now. Uh, but I love that early, early second. That's, yeah. I think it's know, still going to be fine. I, I don't, I just don't see this becoming some huge problem like other people do that's great i do think though this might be a dalvin cook alexander madison situation where if you take walker you're going to have to you should well not have to but you should probably reach for charbonnet to make sure you have that handcuff because they got nothing else there yeah take them around earlier than you would or anybody else would have maybe even a round and a half earlier than somebody else yeah and because you never wanted to be the guy who drafted Dalvin Cook, but, but you let's know, look at that. Third let's look at that then. situation. As good as Madison was, and as good as as much we knew he would play, Dalvin Cook still always a first round pick in many leagues, yeah. a top three or four pick for a couple of years in a row there. So we didn't all of a sudden think that his value just completely plummeted because they got a good backup. Well said. You know what? Instead of taking the mid third, I'll I'll take. I'll take Walker to 305 instead of 306. How's that sound? It doesn't bother me one way or the other. <laughs> you take him wherever you want to, big boy. I'm just telling you where I would take him. Um, I'm not, I don't even have to worry about it because in my league of record, he has a five-year contract that so I can't touch him. Let's trade. 
So is trades. No, nobody's going to trade him for the amount of money he paid him last year. And that contract, he's getting like a, a seventh rounder's freaking money for a first, second round talent. Uh, but, nice. Don't trade guys like that in that league. Sure. All right. Next one. I have an opportunity to keep Jameis Williams in the double digit rounds. Should I? Jameson Williams, you say? Jameson Williams, yes. Are you talking about you or somebody else? Not me. What this are the parameters of this league? We're going to operate as if everything is 12-team, half-point PPR. Okay. For me, so his current ADP is wide receiver 49 and pick 117, which is the 10th round. So if I am drafting, if I'm trying to keep, I, I don't think I do it. I don't think I keep Jamison Williams. Uh, I throw him back because he hasn't played much. What three games or something? Couple games last year. Granted, he looked looked great out there. Yeah, but I just he's coming. But he's got he's suspended the first six games. You can get him in the double digit rounds anyway. You probably have someone else in your team better to keep. I don't want to keep. See, it, when I'm picking a keeper, I want value. I don't want to keep a guy where he's going to get drafted anyway. I want to. I want to, like if I'm keeping Jamison Williams, he, I better get him in the 16th round or something. Then I might think about it. But if I'm getting him in the 10th, 11th, 12th, I mean, he might go there anyway. So, your key, the guy that you got in at 12th, you could keep him at 12th. Now, if you feel as though there might be some magical player that later in the draft could be there that would be nobody noticed, then I guess you'd be find a, your 12th round pick to be that exciting. Um, I know he's going to miss six games, but man, that's a guy that without those six games, he would go higher. Right. So my thought is find a way to cover those points in the six, keep him because now you're getting massive value because ultimately – as you know, we build our teams to do well in the regular season, well enough to make the playoffs and then win the playoffs. If this guy's going to be there for the playoffs, then I'll gladly still keep him in that slot because I'm not getting any danger of anything. I just have to play an extra different flex guy for six games. Do, do you see what I'm my logic there? Like Yes, no, I definitely do. You're getting this um, discount. So, yes, you're going to miss six games. But for the rest of the year, you're getting us what would have probably been like a seventh round guy for 12th round ca draft capital. So, would you rather let, let me let me check out some ADP real quick? So, would you rather take, would you rather use Jamison Williams as your keeper in the 10th or Jalen Waddle, who's going as overall player 23? So, end of the second. Or would you rather take Jalen Waddle in the fourth? Well, Jalen Waddle in the fourth because he was what, like the number seven receiver last year. And you're getting a value because right now he's being drafted as a twenty. I'm sorry, he's the eleventh overall receiver. Twenty third. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I mean, yes, I, I would want Waddle just because of the sheer numbers and and what they do. But that, I don't. I don't understand what that has to do with this conversation. So okay, let me let me let's let's go down the list a little bit. How about Christian Kirk, who's going basically at the um what is it, the at the end of the fifth round? Would you rather have Kirk in the seventh or would you rather have Jameson in the twelfth? Hmm. That's a close one there. 
I again don't have any idea what this has to do with this question. It's but, a so uh, because listen, you're choosing to keep Jameson where he's going to get drafted. I choose to take players for value where I can get them. I can keep them later than they would potentially go in the but draft. See, to me, I think that that's still huge value for when he comes back from his suspension. I just don't even care about the six games he's missing. Same as I, I got D-Hop last year. I didn't care that he was missing. I want him from when he came back. So I value that differently. That's why I don't understand. It's like an apples and oranges question you're asking me here now. I guess for – because I don't think Kirk will have as big of a year because Ridley, I think, is going to actually sure. keep his head on straight and can stay out of the casino. I he's think so good. He'll uh, He's going to take over a lot of targets. Um, I don't know. I, I still have no problem with anybody keeping James Williams in the twelfth round. If you have something drastically better, like say like your one league where you drafted a guy in the ninth at, and now you can keep him in the seventh, who should be going in the second, then okay, then I get it. That was Nick Chubb for me, baby. But, Several years. But yeah, Kirk in like the seventh isn't that much more of a value, I don't think, than getting Williams in the 12th, you just have to have a different flex for six games. And three of those, three or four of those weeks, there's not even a buy. So you got plenty of people in your roster. So maybe for two weeks, you actually have to really maybe finagle some things to cover his points. I like this. I like when we don't necessarily see eye to eye. Yeah. I, I Again, I just, I think it's two different questions though. So what you'd have to do is see the rest of his lineup and see who he did have and who it may be. There is that that thing that's just like staring you in the face. Like, well, yeah, it's, it's nice. I like to have Jameson Williams for the second half of the year, getting this guy in the seventh. I just don't necessarily think Christian Kirk is that guy. Though he surprised us all last year. He but sure did. Jacksonville's made it very clear that he is no longer their number one receiver. Calvin Ridley is. Right. We'll see. I mean, you bring Calvin Ridley in, and don't get me wrong. He is the guy. He is the talent. He hadn't played football in like two years. He hasn't. I'm not saying he's going to be immediately jump out there and be amazing. But then you also, because he's so young, there's that school thought that, yeah, he's taking the last year and a half off. He's very, very healthy. He's ready to go. He's hungry. I I don't think it's as much the talent thing. I just think that they got really for a purpose. They're saying he's everything I see online said he's the best looking guy in every OTAs in, in the country right now. And I just can't imagine that they're not going to force feed in the ball a little bit. Uh, I agree. But again, if we're going devil's advocate, you have a receiver in uh, Christian Kirk, who was a young up and coming quarterbacks go-to guy. Hundred, He yeah. led the team in targets and receptions. Now, granted, it was close because Zay Jones stepped up towards the end of the year, but he also led the team in touchdowns. So, He's Lawrence has leaned on Kirk already and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and if you're a defense and you were, and you have to focus on somebody, a, a receiver in that offense, it's going to be Ridley. Cause you're not worried about Kirk. Kirk's right. going to nickel and dime you to death. You just don't want Ridley to beat you for 20, 30 yard game. That is correct. So, uh, and, and another thing with Jameson Williams is Chark is going now. So he's moving up. His role's also going to move up. Uh, he's you know the number two guy there now, and I guess some people could say since he's the outside guy that, that officially he's number one. I'd be unbelievably surprised, as I think anybody would, if he outscores St. Brown. But uh, 
I, I just I think him in the twelfth, even with the six game suspension, still pretty intense. And we could have multiple productive receivers in this off. I, Trevor Lawrence is good enough to give us. Now I'm not going to say that Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk are going to be two top twelve receivers, but if they both finish in the top twenty fantasy, I wouldn't be too surprised. Right. Yeah. We'll I think that we'll do that. See how this all goes down, buddy. All right, last listener question, and I promise this was not from me, but what will the Eagles' approach be to the run game? While you're thinking about that, Kevin, last year they had the fifth most rushing yards and the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL. For me, it's hard to, it's hard for me to think that this year is going to be any worse. They might even be better at running the ball. They still have a great offensive line. I think they overall upgraded at the running back position. You know we love Miles Sanders, but they signed Rashad Penny to a one-year, what, $1 million deal, and then they went out and traded for DeAndre Swift. You mentioned already Rashad Penny. He's played in 14 games, 10, 3, 10, and 5 in his career. Never a full season, but he's averaged 5.7 yards a carry on his career. If, big if. He can stay on the field. I cannot. I mean, we're talking what sixteen hundred yard season for this guy. If he could actually play the whole season in this offense with this offensive line, whew, that'd be awesome. Uh, we both, as soon as they signed Penny, I remember you called me and you were like, "Wow, yeah, this could still, be." Great. They'll still just use them wrong, and now there's just an extra. Now there's four of them that they'll use <laughs> instead of three. So You're you and I right. can sit there and watch Swift rack up 73 yards on five carries in the first half, and then they'll give him one catch for two yards and one run for four yards in the second half. Meanwhile, That's Jalen Hurts, they throw him in harm's way, have him rush nine times in the second half, including all the goal line work, so that he can hopefully get hurt. That's what being a Miles Sanders owner has, has taught us. Yes. So as a group, I can't imagine they will be every bit as good, if not better, our hope would be that they actually start using their running backs instead of treating their quarterback like their number one running back. They'll likely get better. As for fantasy people, it's just going to be more and more and more frustration. As an Eagles fan for you, my phone will have all kinds of cuss words, cuss words, cuss <laughs> words. Um, who's the little who's the little fella? Oh, Boston Scott. Yeah, cuss, cuss, oh. cuss, Boston Scott. Cuss, cuss, Boston hey. Scott. Cuss, cuss, cuss. Um, who's the other one? The other annoying Kenneth one? Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. While our other two guys are over on the sideline with their with their jacket on and their helmet sitting beside them on the bench. I do appreciate that by the end of last year, you were also texting me about Boston Scott. Because I had Miles Sanders. I, know. <laughs> I used to love Boston Scott. But now I freaking hate him. That's right. Um, and you know what's weird is with how injury prone we know DeAndre Swift is in his career, he's been in the league three years. He played 13 games, 13 games, and 14 games. It just it seems like he misses so much more time than that. He himself, five and a half yards of carry last year, uh, and averages more than 50 catches a year um as a receiving back, which he's so, so good at. It feels like they have what they wanted in Miles Sanders, but they just got two different guys to do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And Miles Sanders sense. had, he had what, 50 catches his rookie year, and then they stopped throwing to him for some reason. I, 
I don't, I don't understand. Um, so my question to you, where do you think these guys, well, first off, what do you think this usage is going to be? Is Penny going to be the first, the early down guy? I don't think Swift so. is. I think I they're think, going to alternate drives. I, they might. One drive I, is Penny, I, but one I drive do Swift. think the Eagles will go out of their way to make Swift the guy per se, but the guy in that offense with four running backs is the guy that gets 40% of the work. The next guy gets 30. The next two guys get each get 15. From a fantasy standpoint, this is the maybe the biggest running back nightmare in the history of fantasy football. It's From okay. the Eagles standpoint, it's absolutely brilliant. They'll all be fresh. Any one of them gets hurt, who cares? You got three more. Should this help Jalen Hurts? It should, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on a team like number two in carries. Why do you think they're going to try to make Swift the guy? I think that the trade, the name, the notoriety, everything of him, I just think well, I think if they thought more of Penny, they wouldn't have even traded for Swift, and they would have paid him more than this minuscule little contract he signed. And I think that's why they're going to ride Penny, because they got him for one year for a million bucks. Let's give this guy all Maybe. he can handle. And if he falls apart, Maybe. we got Swift. To, well, I don't think it did. Yeah, true. It's, it's, it's right. when. Um, so right now. The, but you made uh, an interesting when we When this all happened during the draft, you made an interesting point. The two of them together are basically one running back because they both average missing about half a season. So it's just, it'll be one of them will be for four games, then another one for three games, the other one then for two games. And, and essentially, they just have this permanent backup, the same as you do, like, with the Dalvin Cook Madison, it doesn't matter if one or the other gets hurt. You still have the the guy. It's, How many games do you think those two will I, actually be on the field significantly in the same game? Six? Well, seven? I'll tell you what's interesting. Right now, Swift's ADP is fairly significantly higher. He's RB23 and going in the sixth round, pick 63. Uh, Rashad Penny is running back 38. So we're talking a 15-player yeah, difference between lot. there. That's half and the he's going, and he's going fifty picks after him. He's going at one eleven. So you could easily, later. you could easily end up with both of these guys on your team. So your thing, though, from your standpoint, the Penny's the much greater value. So just wait yes. and grab him. Yeah, honestly, dude. <laughs> uh, what I try to do, because I know there are always biases internally, even if you don't think that there are. I usually, whenever I um, rank all my players, I usually, now last year was different with Jalen Hurts, but I'll usually take my Eagles players, rank everybody, and then I'll drop them half a round, sometimes a full round, just because I want to take out any biases I have. It's going to be tough for me to do with these running backs, man. I this, It's so hard not to think about what Rashad Penny could do if he could stay healthy in this offense. It's going to be tough for me, man. The same I, thing I already in know. Seattle, what he could have done. Look I what know. he did do when he was healthy. You're, you're just this, living this some pipe dream. These are, these are big ifs. These aren't guys that just had a freak injury and missed a year. These are guys that are hurt every year. But these are also going to be – I mean, Rashad Penny, he's an RB4 right now. RB30, that's, yeah. an, that's a running back four. People don't do, – you. Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, fool me four times, fool me five times. <laughs> you know, people eventually are just like, okay, I've had enough of this. Not yeah, me. I've had enough Give of me this. more. You, you guys want them in the sixth round. 
He's all yours. I'm not touching. I him. want more. We'd more all love pain, for him to have great years. If they were, they wouldn't be moving around teams like this. But when, when you can't stay on the field, it doesn't matter your talent. It doesn't mean much when you're just in rehab all the time. You, something else is torn. All right. You ready to move on to this wild and crazy draft I'm in? Go for it, buddy. All right. So first off, I want to say um, I won't throw him under the bus, but he is a significant voice on SiriusXM Radio. Had the first overall pick. So the – Hold on, let me back up. In the in the entire league, there are 32 teams, but it's two 16-team divisions. And you play everyone in or conferences. You play everyone in your conference, and the winner of each conference plays each other for, for the championship to see who the winner is. In my conference, the first overall pick, we get 10 hours per pick. It took him eight and a half hours to click Bijan Robinson. I was driving home from work. The, the draft started Monday at 10 a.m. At 4.30, driving home from work, or maybe it was 3.30, whatever time it was, the um, Jeff Manns and Ray Flowers were bitching and moaning about this guy taking forever to make this, because they're also in the league. And he's known he's had the first pick for how many months? Forever. And the, the commissioner... I texted him and I was like, what is going on? He goes, uh, look, man, I texted him. He knows he's up. I don't know. It took him eight of the 10 hours just to click the guy that everyone knew he was going to click. What are we doing? At 10.01, you click Bajan Robinson and you move on. That's it. I, I, man. I, I've only done a couple email drafts in my life, and that was very early on, long, long ago. Only one of them ever was I the first pick. It was one of those things like the draft started like 9 a.m., at 9 a.m., my pick was in because I knew I was taking Marshall Falk for three months. Right. Of course. Why Why I, am I going to hold this up and pretend that I may be taking Peyton Manning? You, I, you may have taken Marshall Falk. You may have known you were taking B. John Robinson last year. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, whatever. So, and Dynasty is a totally different animal. And you get a taste of it because not, you don't get your guys forever. But you could have most of the guys on your team for up to five years if you work the contracts right. You and have all that everybody stuff. on your team for up to five years if you, right. if you, if and you that's, do it I mean, right. Right. So similar, but not exactly the same. Um, you're really going youth. And once a dynasty starts, every draft after that is just rookies because they're on your team. They technically forever if you want, if you want them to be on. One thing that makes this league unique is that there are nine offensive players like starters but there are 11 defensive starters because it's also um, – oh, my gosh. Thank you. I was saying ADP because that's what we've been talking about, IDP. Thank you. Uh, and that makes it very, very tricky because normally when you're talking about rookie dynasty drafts, it's only offensive players, but this throws in – the defensive players are very overvalued and the, the scoring system's a little different. For example – um, 13 of the top 30 scoring players in this team last year were defensive players. And most of those were defensive tackles. The The highest scoring defensive player was uh, a Lucan from Jacksonville, the linebacker. But then Cameron Hayward was the ninth overall scoring player, and he's a defensive tackle. 
Deron Payne was two players behind him and then Chris Jones. So they really value the defensive tackle here. And we talked about a little bit last year, whenever, if you recall during the draft, I was scooping up all these defensive players while they were drafting six round wide receivers that Mm -hmm. are never going to mount anything. It's kind of, I don't know, throw me for a loop, but um, anyway, the first round in this draft went as follows. Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs went second. Anthony Richardson, who I was kind of hoping would fall to me at nine as I need help at the quarterback position. JSN went fourth. Will Anderson, the first defensive player and only one so far, went fifth. Um, Zach Charbonnet, nope, I'm lying. I'm in the wrong conference. My apologies. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, JSN, then Dalton Kincaid went fourth. Anthony Richardson went fifth. I still want him to fall to me. Then Kendra Miller went sixth, which I thought, uh, and you as well, sort of an interesting pick there. But again, this is 100% projections, where you think this guy's going to go, uh, where you think his career is going to look like. And that's what makes these. What we think is going to happen to Alvin Kamara, both in the short and long right. term. Right. That's what makes these rookie drafts so hard is you're you're not projecting for a season. Right. That's one thing. You are literally trying to figure out what this guy's career looks like. Quentin Johnson went seventh. Jordan Addison went eighth, which I was kind of happy for, because if he'd have made it to ninth where I picked, I was going to have a conundrum. Um, You and I both agree Addison is probably the favorite to score the most points out of the wide receivers this season. This year, yes. But as a career, I'm I'm not so sure about that. I took C.J. Stroud at nine. Um, as I mentioned, I need a quarterback. Yeah, you were your boy. Handcuffed. You had to, you had I, to take right. care of business. So uh, right now, because I'm afraid to drop him, I still have Tom Brady. Um, but I also, and I, I, this was an orphan team last year. So last year was my first year with this team. I adopted it. Uh, I, so I had Brady and Stafford, which come on. <laughs> What I thought I was in a good spot and I ended up being in the worst spot, Uh, but I had both of those and Kyle Trask and Davis Mills. So knowing that I go in here, if I take CJ Stroud, I think he'll be better real life than fantasy. I was talking to one of our listeners, John McGrogan, and I was telling him, you know, if I had to see CJ Stroud, what I think is he's probably going to be a quarterback 12 to 20 every single season. And then he might hop in around QB eight or so for a year or two. And I think that's probably a decent outlook by that. Right. But for me, I kind of need that right now because I don't have much else. You need pretty much anything because none of us trust Matthew Stafford to make it past week three. And having Davis Mills sort of pushed me in the way of Stroud as well, because now no matter what, I have a starting quarterback. Like because... we were just talking about the running back thing, right? You have a starter, whether one of them gets hurt, one of them's benched, whatever it is, you have the starter. Right. Ran it for um, the worst team in the league, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. But again, this is forever, right? You yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Could... It might not be this year. Play Matt Stafford, hopefully this year. And then um, these guys, these rookies will show you something. You'll have them for many years. And it's not like the AFC South is the strongest division either. Right. Kind of like the NFC South. Now they got um, the Jaguars who are up and coming, but we've only seen one year of good Jaguar football. Yeah, but I can't imagine them taking a turn south. It's too young, you. too talented, and too good of a coach. I'm with you. Uh, so Zay Flowers went next at 110, then Will Anderson, um, first defensive player, Rashid Rice, Zach Charbonnet, and then 
uh, Devon A. Chain went 14th. So we have two more picks left actually in the first. We have the 115 and the 116 before round two starts. And it's a six-round draft. So you really got to know your folks to be in a league like this. So you have 16 players, six rounds. You're the mathematician. But that's a lot of um, prospects. It's not even – I see, I don't even think it's as much the players because you can always look online – and just find a cheat sheet that tells you projections, who should probably go next. What's important in this league is no, but I'm just saying it gives you an idea. What's important in this league is understanding the, the subtleties in the scoring of the different positions. What is weighted more? What is not? You might be saying yourself, so saying, well, why would you take this linebacker over this corner? Well, here's why. Cause corners don't score crap in this league linebackers right. do i understand the nfl this corner is a million times more valuable and better but who cares we're playing on a fantasy league where i need points and if this guy who's not a pro bowler is going to get me 130 points this guy who is a pro bowler is going to get me 60 at a different position i'm taking the 130 can i give you a perfect example my last pick last year was the 15th round or I'm the 15th pick in the fifth round. And I took sauce Gardner. Yeah. Okay. That dude lasted 70. It was a 79th overall pick sauce Gardner in real life. That dude is going near the top in a draft. You know what I mean? But like you said, corners don't score all that, especially a shutdown guy. Yes. They like don't sauce. even now, throw to him. Right now. I got him two reasons. One, because gosh, I love him so much. Yes. Um, but mostly because coming in as a rookie, I figured he would get tested. I figured offenses would, you know, opposing quarterbacks would be like, hey, let's see what if this rookie's really the real deal. He is. And yeah. he he didn't do great, but he was my highest scoring corner on my team. So it paid off. Well, he didn't do great fantasy wise. Correct. NFL well, I mean, wise, he, I think right. he's the highest graded corner in the league. Oh, wasn't he? He was a defensive rookie of the year. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that dude was That's phenomenal. I just want to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah, anyway. sorry, for my yeah. apologies. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's so much of that, but it's not even just that. Then you also the subtleties within within a an actual position where the number one guy might only score 20 more points than the number 10 guy for the whole season, but in another position, the one guy scores 60 more points than the number 10 guy. So things like that matter because in that yep. position, that number one guy is far more valuable than the one guy at another position. So you need to know your players in this thing with so many positions, so many different scoring parameters per position. That, to me, is even more vital in your head than the players themselves. It is extremely intense. Um, uh, honestly, I should spend all of my time just on this league. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. But in order to do it right, that's something that you should do because it is very, very intense. And for me, I am stuck. I am in the worst position possible. When you're doing, when you're in a dynasty, you either want to be fighting for a title or in a complete rebuild. The place you don't want to be is in the middle. Well, I told you I drafted ninth overall and there are 16 teams. I am right in the middle. Now, that being said, this league, you can. I saw a score of 133 points one week. I saw a score of 333 points in one week because you have 19 or 20 starters, starting players. The scores vary wildly. In a normal league, you may have 
four or five games in one week that are separated by three, four points. In this league, that doesn't happen very much because of the variances and the scoring and, and you know, the products, uh, the, the final product scoring, whatever. For me, I lost three games by a total of eight points. That doesn't happen very much. And that was with Brady and Stafford. Now, if I get those three wins, and I, and I lost one by three points, okay? So let's say we take those four games, put them together, I'm plus two in the win column. That makes me the five seed. That puts me in the playoffs. And if my math serves me right, if I looked at the seeding correctly, I would have won the first round of the playoffs. So I'm I'm <laughs> I was that close to thinking I would be a championship caliber team. And maybe I am. I got some good pieces. I got Christian McCaffrey and Stephon Diggs. But I'm also just as close to selling everything, trading McCaffrey, trading Diggs, trading all these good players, Miles Garrett, getting rid of those guys and just gaining tons and tons of draft capital and using that to build my team back up. I have a few young pieces that are nice. I have, you know, Chris Alave is my, probably my golden boy uh, on the team. And obviously, you know, CJ Stroud now we'll see how this draft goes, but. I'm going to let this season play out. And if I finish towards the top, then I'll stick with it and see what I can see if I can push for a title. If I make the playoffs, you know what I mean? If I don't, then I'm thinking I'm just going to rip it all down, sell off these pieces and the highest bidder. Right. And, and build back up When's your trade deadline. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, pro I mean, I would guess sometime in November. Early nine, December, maybe 10, something like that. Probably. Uh, I will say, so I got a QB. I needed that. I also need tight end as right now, Austin Hooper and Noah Fant are my best tight ends and defensive tackle and defensive end. Everyone can use a running back. So that too, but those are my, those are my big needs. I picked two Oh nine. No way. Jalen Carter is going to fall that far. I actually might even try to, put in some draft picks and and move up to see if I can get someone. I'm not sure, man. I mean, it's so fluid. This how this whole draft goes and we'll see. Uh, so we're going to have to make this. some moves. That's for sure. Some of these guys truly know what they're doing. Others are just names that don't know any more about this than us. And a lot of them probably knew less than us. Is there a number of guys in the league that are at least in your conference that just throwing sauce out there, the fact that he's such a big NFL name could garner you some really over-the-top fantasy stuff because these people, some of them, maybe you have even that one guy that's just not bright enough to know, well, he's sort of useless in this league. But you know what? It's Sauce Gardner. I'm going to pay. I'll I'll give him my top two picks next year. That Well, no one's going to do that. But you No, know, I'm just throwing out. Right, that, that, that is a great question. Because I have absolutely no idea what that answer would be. Now I can go through all 15 other teams and look at their rosters and, you know, check out who they have at corner. And if they're weak, maybe I could put his name out there. I don't know. Could I get a third round pick? Like I said, I got from the next to last pick in the fifth round last year. Could I get a third round pick? Could I get a, I mean, even a fourth round pick even would more. still be value from where I got him. Um, I don't think anyone would give up more than the third round pick for a corner. Okay, that's what I was asking. That's what I was Because another big part of any league, you're in regards to the format, is the other people in it. 
And all it takes is that one person who makes the stupidest decisions. And that's the one that everybody goes after who ends up potentially giving you a second and a third for one guy that you got in the 15th, just because of right. name recognition, because he didn't necessarily know him last year, but he knows who he is now and doesn't realize he doesn't really score much in your league, but he he gets suckered into it. It happens all the time in leagues, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what's interesting? Now, looking back at the draft from last year, I only draft – Olave was the only offensive player I drafted. Every other guy I got was defensive. Oh, I remember and, when we were going through it all. Yeah, yeah. Each, each for each pick. Yeah. So, all right, this is uh, this is perfect. So, Dr. Roto, who's big-time guy on Sears, I, I like him a lot. Um, his team is stacked in this league. But he took David Bell – the wide receiver from Cleveland, one pick before I took George Karloftis. David Bell might not see the field this year after the Browns brought in Elijah Moore and drafted Cedric Tillman, and they still have Amari Cooper. The other day, he might not even make the team. Right. George Karloftis, towards the end of the year, started playing more and producing more. He's going to end up being the starting defensive end there for Kansas yeah, City. He was nice and in the playoffs, too. Right, and they're going to unleash him. So that makes me feel great um, about that. And the pick after Karloftis was Malik Willis. Dude, I, I mean, remember makes... this happening. I remember how excited yes. we were to get Karloftis because you and I, I, I think, matter of fact, I was even, I vaguely remember I was on my way in for tennis, and we were so excited because we were targeting, targeting, targeting him, and he fell to us, and we were just elated, mostly just because we love him. <laughs> Not necessarily because – any other reason just because we love the dude and you want to have him on your team. Oh yeah. He's fantastic. Um, so I think, and my picks from last year, I also got Leo Chanel. Remember the, uh, linebacker. I got him with, what was it? My next to last pick, I think. Um, yeah. Also Kansas city chiefs like rookie linebacker last year. I'm very interested to see, how these young guys are going to pan out because if if Sauce can improve fantasy wise a little bit more, Karloftis plays a full complement of snaps, um, and Chanel gets out here and and gets a starting gig, then all of a sudden my defense is a whole lot stronger than it was last year. Yeah, and and then you know I am up there pushing for a for a championship. So so, so I'll throw a name out. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jack Campbell, where would you consider taking Mr. Jack Campbell? Another problem with the size and scope of this draft is that there are so many different positions you could take. I need a tight end, but is Luke Musgrave, if he's there, is he going to outscore Jack Campbell? Probably not, but it's a much sexier pick to take that offensive player. I mean, am I going to do the same thing I did last year? An offensive player in the first round and just defensive players after that? Maybe I will. Points are points. And like I said, how it's weighted, your needs, this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, Jack it's Campbell's tough. coming it's, into a starting gig. It's complicated when you have so many positions. Mm-hmm. It's like six oh, yeah. of one, half a dozen the other. You don't really need to. You've got to make it all work, make it all gel. Because just like any league, if you have six linebackers all dominating, but you can only play, what, two of them? Well, you just you just have really great players on your bench and you're suffering in other positions. So you really have even more than just with the offensive players, you've really got to be able to juggle every position. 
because you don't you don't want to sacrifice having some really strong players, but then sacrifice all five other positions because then it ends up just mood anyway. You have fifty guys on each roster. Yeah, these these rosters are huge, and so when you have that many players, and this is another nuance to to a league like this, you have so many start sit decisions. And it has much more of a bigger impact because there are, you know, 18, 19, 20 starters to pick from, and you have 50 guys on your team. It's a lot easier to pick the wrong guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like, should I, should I start Baker Mayfield this week or Jared Goff? It'd be you know, cool in a league this size with this many players, offense and IDPs, to have like a little side pot that each of you puts in an extra just 10 bucks for the whole year of a best ball. And it just figures it out alongside it for the year, like where the decision-making didn't come. It's just the best ball, your best two linebackers, your best two corners, your best two running backs, your best three receivers, and not even make – so still have the main league and the main money, all the decision-making. But let's just see on the side who's best. Because Bob Parasoliti used to do it in in the leagues. You know Bob, sports writer up here, who recently retired. Um, And he had a league where we had a kitty on the side. It was best. It wasn't best ball. It was your original draft team. Whoever you drafted that day at the draft in his basement, he counted the points for the whole season for just those guys. And that person got the the prize money of all the money you had to spend for pickups all year. The person won that, and it was just based on strictly your draft and the points everybody got you. So if you had a guy that got hurt right away, well, he wasn't going to get you any points for the whole year. So that was a zero of those twenty one spots. So we still played the whole league, but you had this tiny little kitty on the side uh, for something more along the lines of what we're talking about, like a best ball type thing when you have so many positions. It's pretty neat, actually. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's that's interesting. But So let's say you go and you, you lose, like you win the best ball, but lose the league. That tells you how terrible you are. Tell you you're a great general manager, but a horrible head coach. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. Boy, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Oh, it could be vice versa, too. Yeah. Awful in the best ball and still win the league because luck of the schedule. You just happen to pick the right quarterback each week, you know, things like that. So that it could happen the other way. And that's a real thing. Uh, I actually would like that a lot because I'd want to know where I stood on both sides of that yeah, of that it's, coin. It's a neat thing because you can really see how, how, had, how it would pan out if you played all the right people. Um, in my league of record, there was a year where I had Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. And without exaggeration, I started the wrong one every single week except on their bye weeks. Yeah, Literally, in the championship game, I can't remember. I think I started Brady and I lost the championship game by like six points. But Russell Wilson outscored Brady by 15 or something. It, all I had to do was pick the right quarterback in that championship trophy's mind. But that's tough, man. They say if you got two quarterbacks, you got zero. And that yeah, was it's me. Brutal. God, it's brutal. I know. It happened to me in this league last year. I got Brady and Stafford. I I mean, I only picked the right one when Stafford got hurt. You and I are good at picking wrong players. I don't know how many times in the once and done. No, you know, I played we're great. I, last week. This we're guy great. got twenty-seven. This week, the week I played, we got four. Next week, he gets twenty-five. But it's just how it works, dude. It's tough. Well, by the time the way this draft is going, like I said, it started Monday at ten a.m. It is Wednesday at ten p.m. Let's say by week and one, you should have your 
we're not even <laughs> done the first round. <laughs> so by week one, <laughs> you know, when we're, when we're next week, when we do our show, I'll let you know how my second round pick was. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. And it's funny. If I remember from last year, uh, the later rounds don't go any faster. Yeah, really? They just and I get it. We're all still, everybody's like, taking their time. My pick took some time because a, I was doing the honeydew list. I was pressure washing the driveway for for like two hours, but then I put out some trades, you know, put some feelers out, see if I could move anything. And I waited another hour or two just to get a reply. And then I put in my pick. It's like four, four total hours. And these That's early picks should take a little longer. Same as the sure. NFL draft. They're very important yeah. for the future. Um, but later, because they don't change the parameters, right? It's a 10 hour time slot the whole way through, right? Um, yes, I do believe so. Yeah. Instead of like, and, and it's because we, people have lives, you have jobs, you have this. Some people have jobs that they can't just be sitting there staring at their email or staring at myfantasyleague.com. They simply can't do it. So you don't want to penalize people, but you, you can find somewhere in that 10 hours to put in something. I don't mind slow dress. Put it in for you, do something. I don't mind it. All right. Anything else from you, sir? I'm all good, brother. NFL's getting interesting. I'm just waiting for L. Jackson, his 6,000 yards. Okay, real quick. You saw he did not report to day one yeah. of um, yeah, uh, OTAs. Voluntary. Yeah. Wasn't it voluntary? Yeah. yeah they're voluntary. But he chose not to show up day one. He showed up day two, though. Do you know who showed up day one at Eagles? Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith. They were all out there. Throwing. They're about winning. LJX is about himself. He's made it very clear. We oh made it gosh. very clear. And how much you want to bet that the only reason he showed up day two is because he got backlash. Like John Harbaugh called him and was like, dude, we just gave you a quarter of a million dollars. Can yeah. you please show up? Oh, my well, gosh. They probably, they probably called mommy and asked her to make him come. Dude, uh, oh, I feel bad for you guys, man. He's not the guy. It's no, not going to happen. Yeah, he said it hit. he's not going to win. I, you I don't mind that he's there, but I wouldn't have minded if he was going either. I I would have loved to just blown it all up, start over, because I think this will be another year. They're going to go like ten and seven, squeak maybe squeak into the playoffs once and one and done. That'll be the end of that. They can't they can't hang with the Bengals. They can't hang with with the Bills. They can't hang with the sure as hell can hang with the Chiefs, Chargers, probably even the Dolphins. They just can't beat these teams. They they just can't. And it's going to be third in their division. Playoffs. You're going to finish third in your division if you're lucky. Well, I don't know about depending that. Depending on depending on how much Kenny Pickett improves, because they they yeah. beefed up that O line in Pittsburgh. Yeah. They beefed I, up I, the defense. I'd be surprised. I think Pittsburgh's one year away from really being a strong team. I think I, I I'd really be surprised if the Ravens don't come in second, barring injury. Um, but yeah, in a vacuum, I think they'll come in second, but I still think it'll be like 10 and seven, nothing stellar. They'll be the six or seven seed. They'll lose in the first round. And then we have another off season of a bunch of whiny little babies and me annoyed that we don't get a new head coach. At least you finally got that new OC. Dude, like I told you, I just hate mediocrity. I'd rather just suck. That's why, that's why being so, in the middle of a dynasty thing that, is and, terrible. Yeah, it is. It's the worst. And and that's why we're mediocrity because we have a starting quarterback who is mediocre work ethic. So, get out, get out of a lot of these things. Sports more than anything, you get out what you put into it. Don't want to work at it. It's not you're not God. You're not this magical being because you had one good year five years ago. You haven't done it since. Wrestle on your laurels while everybody else is working. What happens? Get passed by. 
right, sir. Let's yeah. do this thing. Everybody, thank you all for listening. Um, check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, sometimes Twitter. Um, he's Kevin. I'm Bobby. Thanks again. Y'all are great. Get your bell on football podcast. See you, folks. See ya.